Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans... Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. And Pritch, it feels like every time we do a show, there's major news involving a wide receiver. I don't know if it's because of you as a first-round pick and a star in the NFL and certainly a college. But here we go again with Debo Samuel requesting a trade. We, we talked about this a little bit. This did happen when we were doing a show with Tyree Kill. And before we got off the air, that deal was done. And we saw the King's Ransom that the Chiefs had in return. Very quickly, uh, before we get to the NBA, your thoughts on teams as we approach the draft that realistically are, are burning up the phone lines probably right now as we speak. And you got to think that the Tyreek Hill deal might be a, a bit of a blueprint for teams with draft picks. And I wonder just point blank, who would you rather have Tyreek Hill or Debo Samuel? Uh, that's a great question again, right there. I mean, Debo Samuel, the most explosive player uh, again, just dual purpose player all over the field uh, in, a, in a matchup nightmare. So, absolutely, he's the ultimate weapon. I mean, that's how I would categorize Debo Samuel. Uh, and I mentioned the Saints because they have multiple first-round mm-hmm. picks, but there's a number of teams with multiple first-round picks that could get into the Debo Samuel sweepstakes here in terms of a trade. I mean, these guys formally requested one now, and um, I'm sure the 49ers' phones are ringing, especially with the draft a matter of days away here. But uh, it's a great question uh, in terms of who will have more production away from the prior team. Like Terry Kill away from Patrick Mahomes? I don't know about that. Now you got two. <laughs> but do Debo Samuel away from Jimmy Garoppolo, then, yeah, I can, you can imagine how explosive the situation could be for any team. We know the Giants have a couple first-round picks, high first-round picks, mm-hmm. right? I, the, the Packers feel like they would be a team that would want to reach out about Debo Samuel now that Devontae Adams is out here in the desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, they feel like there would be landing spots for teams – either that potentially could be on the rise like right. the Giants who, who have already risen like the Packers and might be a piece away. I mean, like, are we missing something here? Like, well, not really, because I think you have to follow Kyle Shanahan and follow that trail and uh, Lafleur and familiarity with the type of offense that Kyle wants to run the creativity too. I mean, all that comes into play if you're going to try to acquire uh, Debo Samuel. This is just going to be wild. And again, the yep. draft is what a week and a day away here in Las Vegas. So these things come out now. 
the Tyreek Hill thing feels like it was done 10 years ago in respect to your, now to the Debo Samuel thing. But this is why we talk about, you know, where and how many players are going to get drafted in the first round, if it's going to be a run of wide receivers. Debo could affect that right. calculus a little bit if somebody does trade for Debo and give up a first-round pick. Because if you make that deal, I can't imagine the Niners then go, we'll go get another wide receiver. Maybe, maybe, and they, then they get a cheaper one and hope that they found the replacement for the next four or five years. But it feels like an, a risky game to play. Well, it's not shocking when you see Russell Wilson get traded and, and you know, franchise quarterbacks, right? <laughs> now we're seeing it with wide receivers, and, and it's all about the money situation. But I think the league still wants to contract that number for wide receivers. We could still see a number of wide receivers drafted in that first round, though. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. We'll keep a watchful eye here as we're on for the next hour here. But, again, it moved fast with Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I don't know that it's the same thing's going to happen with Debo Samuel, but we will be monitoring because that's certainly going to switch those future plays right now. Again, remember that day, I believe, the Broncos over-under was set at about seven and a half, eight. And then, obviously, the trade of Russell Wilson, now it's 10. Yeah. So, again, these numbers are going to be fluctuating depending on this news as it breaks in the market. So, we'll try to keep you abreast of that situation. Uh, let's get back to the NBA because we do have a fascinating game, too, on tap tonight in Beantown as the Nets. Oh, my goodness, what, what a game that was. Lived up to all the hype and then some in game one. They come up one point short against uh, the Celtics. And they're now down one game to none. And you look at the number now, they're getting three and a half here on the road. Again, that total at 226. Kyrie Irving was really the story in defeat uh, with his annex and getting in it with the crowd. And they couldn't stop him. The crowd couldn't stop him. Marcus Smart couldn't stop him. Nobody could stop See, him. See, that's scary to me. The fact that Kyrie was in the crowd. Like, as a player, we, we have a saying, stay out the crowd. Right. Because the crowd, you just don't want to go in there. Uh, and Kyrie was in there, but yet still put up 39. <laughs> Imagine if his focus is on the floor and the Celtics in this matchup, along with uh, KD. If KD knocks down that three-pointer, that contested three right there in front of Tatum, I don't know if the outcome's the same, like mm. Tatum with the game-winning shot right there. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, you know, the Nets, they shot 53, almost 54% and a loss. You know, they were 45% behind the arc and a loss. Mm. <laughs> uh, and so they had, they only had 29 rebounds, which, okay, you give the effort uh, to the Celtics and a great defensive team too. Uh, but if those two assassins, I'm talking about KD and Kyrie, get going again, uh, I see why this number has dipped a little bit. Uh, I still like the Celtics. I think they're a complete team. Uh, I, I think the balance on that team, Yudoka's done a great job. He really has. You got the defensive player of the year now. That pedigree's out there on the floor, too. So you got role players that really understand that. You can side with the role players at the home court uh, advantage right here. But I am not discounting at all uh, those two guys for the Nets, though, in this matchup. I, I can't lay 225 with, yeah. the, with the C's for the series price here. The only way I'd right. be interested in getting in is that plus money at plus $1.80 okay. if you want to back the Nets. But I, I was on with Scott Seidenberg last night. I always check out the look ahead here nightly on Vston, And he asked me about this game in specifics. And I told him, I said, that's kind of what worries me, is are we going to see a regression from Kyrie? As great as he was, but you would assume Durant's going to be better. So right. maybe that evens out and even we get out. a similar style game here. But I am worried about the thing we talked about at the beginning of this conversation. And that is as dynamic a player as Kyrie Irving is. Is it a distraction and a detraction from what he might potentially even be better if he's not mixing it up with the Beantown crowd? He said before the series, yeah. bygones be bygones. Let's remember the good old days. And then this happens. Right, right. Like where is his head? Because if this is him and his head is out of the game, I only can shudder to think what his head would be like if he's in the game. I, I can tell you this. Um, when certain players are into a game, and I mean talking and talking mess, uh, it elevates them. And, and Kyrie was talking mess to the fans, Man, and, and it, it elevated him. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to take that away. Okay, the gestures and all that, yeah. But we, I've seen Michael Jordan. I sat third row in, in Atlanta. Uh, behind Ted Turner and Jane Fonda and watch Michael Jordan up and down the court talk mess to the fans. But that wasn't <laughs> captured on camera, right? That and, was acceptable back right, then. Right, in my sport, uh, people talk mess to the fans and they, we talk mess to each other, right? But uh, if it elevates you, it elevates you. I think Kyrie, if he can get locked in, even if he regresses a little bit, scores 30. KD is not going 9 of 24 no. in 41 minutes, though. And so that's why it's dangerous here. I mean, it could be a situation where the Nets, you take the points. Uh, but I, I just like the Celtics. I like the makeup of them. I've liked that, that team for a number of months now. 
Uh, and the way that they won, even though they relinquished that lead, uh, they still showed some resolve there at the end to get that shot off and, and get the victory. I think it's fascinating what you mentioned about athletes, the mentality, because it feels like to me Kevin Durant and Kyrie want to wear the black hat. Yeah, yeah. They want the, the, the bows and arrows. Mm -hmm. Like, bring it. Right. And that makes – that fuels them to be even it better. You, you mentioned it in, in the NFL. I remember Andre Risen and, and <laughs> Deion Sanders, the head slaps going back and forth. Those are two of the best that you're going to get – in that generation, yeah. right? And they fed off of that kind of negative energy. So you would not shy away with what's – it's going to be intense. It is. In Boston tonight. Right, right. I and mean, it's going to be – they're going to come at – they're not backing off Kyrie Irving. And as a player, that's what you want to do. You want to match the energy level of the home team. That's a first message from a coach in the locker room. we got to match the energy level of the home team mm. as an away team. And so – if you can get yourself there and then all of a sudden you elevate your performance, then, okay, now I can see why that number moved towards the Nets here a little bit. Well, speaking of matching the energy, the Raptors could not do that in the first two games against Philadelphia and the city of Brotherly Shove. Now we go north of the border to the six. We know it's going to be crazy up there, right? And this is one of those weird things that you, you kind of look and you see, well, the Sixers are favored for the game by two, mm -hmm. but the Raptors are first half favorites. Right? Yeah. So you're not getting value, by the way. You're playing the old, well, they're going to come out intense. In that, that's been baked in, right? The books yeah. have, have kind of adjusted for that. Seen a one and a half now, too, some places. So the Raptors take a little bit of that money here. Are we going to have a series? Because I think we thought we had a series before it started. It didn't feel like one after the first two games. Well, I think what showed up uh, in Philly uh, for that second game is the inability to close out at times. I mean, and there's a lot of factors. If you have a big lead, you're commanding lead, and you control the game. Uh, but something that could have sparked Toronto was the fact that, you know, 26-17 uh, in that fourth quarter there. Uh, so I, I, a lot of players were out. For the Raptors, too, you know, and, and we'll see what about the health situation in these players. Thibel is not going to be able to go. No nope. depth issues uh, for Philly, but their front line has stepped up. Maxi has been incredible. Harden, I would tax Harden if I'm Toronto, right? I, I mean, th this is an older guy with a lot of proof, but there's no pressure on him right now because of Embiid and Maxi. Uh, so it, if you're funny, we're not talking about James Harden, it, not that way, right? And so. Embiid's uh, going to do what he's going to do. I know that if I'm the Raptors. But uh, if I have my choices here, and lack of depth, uh, certainly from a defense standpoint, uh, for uh, Philadelphia, I got to tax. I got to work Harden. I got to work him and see how good those hamstrings are right now. You know, it's interesting because we, we all know about the free throws and the, the, the disparaging numbers there for Philly, the number they shot versus Toronto. Joel Embiid went over to Nick Nurse and said, stop mm -hmm. blanking about these calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that bother you if an opposing player talked to your coach and told him to basically st shut up and stop whining? It wouldn't bother me. I mean, this is a playoffs. Look, you know, the championship's <laughs> bigger than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's it's being back at home. You're going to have that energy uh, at home again, and now the 76ers are going to have to match that. But they're going to have to execute too. But for us, it's Toronto. If if you're back in Toronto, as that line is ticked down, we're seeing a one and a half now. Uh, clearly, the mark is indicating that, uh, yeah, this is the game in which you put up that type of effort uh, and take advantage uh, the lack of depth or, or certain, certain situations that the 76ers are not going to have. And by the way, the Bulls and Bucks also getting after it tonight, game two. Uh, Bulls really pushed the Bucks yeah. in game one, nine and a half that number tonight, 225 is that total. You kind of would expect a better performance from Milwaukee, even though they won. It was not as convincing as I think they might make that statement tonight. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more NFL draft positioning, and maybe this Debo Samuel news might throw a kink into some of those plans. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VSIM, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. 
Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Party line, Dave Rawson and Mike Pritchard coming at you from South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. The NFL Draft will be here in Las Vegas next week. And, and, Mike, we always talk about the first pick in the NFL Draft. And, obviously, there's so much weight that comes with that if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, whether or not they're going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. I think they could be trade partners to get out of that spot if there's a King's Ransom that's paid for that spot. But, really, you look at two, and I don't know that a lot of people are addressing what the Lions may do at two. I don't know where the draft this year feels like it could go so many different ways, right? Sometimes there's a lot of smoke screens about teams that want to trade out, trade in, that sort of thing. But we do see this. Yeah. I mean, you can go back to Mitch Trubisky when the Bears traded up to two with, with the Niners to get Trubisky at two, even though they had the third pick. Any idea what you think the Lions might covet at two? Are they looking for a playmaker or are they looking for offensive line? Because Dan Campbell feels like a, a meat and potatoes yeah. type guy that I, I want to get some help on either side of the line. No, I mean, if you're the Lions, you, you got to get best player available. Seriously, uh, you, you need all the great players you can find at this point. Uh, you think about Jacksonville, the distinction of having back-to-back number one overall picks. Mm. You, you're supposed to improve after you have the number <laughs> one overall pick. You're not, you're, overall, you're not right? have to get two shots at it. Uh, and, and so Detroit, uh, you know, they are typically at the top of the draft, too, in terms of select, selecting players. Uh, Akuda was not too long ago. Uh, and what, he was the third or fourth overall pick. I can't remember exactly. But um, you think about the situation that they're in. They need playmakers. They need best players available. And uh, passing up... Aiden Hutchinson or or somebody like that. I don't know if you're the Lions, if you can even afford to do that. Or why would you do that? Or or the next best thing, whether it's Walker or Thibodeau or whoever. I mean, I, I think you need impact players at impact positions. Uh, and the Detroit Lions, they're in a perfect position uh, to select one of those type of players. You know, because I'm looking at their their win total. It's six. Mm-hmm. That's juiced minus uh, minus twenty five here. Uh, I want to back the over with what the bite and kneecaps did last year because they fought, right? right. They, they really did. But I, I got to be honest with you, as much as I kind of respect, because Dave Campbell felt like a running joke and he's crying in the locker room and, you know, people are saying what they want about it. I kind of looked at him. I, I like the way the team, they, they fought hard each and every week. And that's not good enough to get you seven wins if you want to play them in the futures market. But I don't know the direction of this football team. Well, so, for instance, the rumors about Malik Willis. I mean, mm. Are those rumors out there because it's Detroit? Because any other capable or competent team, I don't think that rumor would be out there about. I mean, it'd be a etched in stone that Aiden Hutchinson is going to Detroit. Uh, it should be right now, to be honest with you, or any uh, Walker uh, or, or Thibodeau. I mean, any of these guys, these edge players. Uh, but it's because Detroit, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Now, I think you're right, uh, Dave. 
the culture has shifted a little bit. And I was shocked and surprised in a good way mm -hmm. uh, that Campbell was able to keep it together. Think about the fact that he took over play calling duties from uh, Anthony Lynn, who was a head coach. Wow. And the ego in that situation and that they said, had to massage that, right? Right. That is, wow. Yet, you don't see that very often. No, you don't at all. <laughs> Let alone you still get production and still have a team that's competitive. Uh, Aaron Glenn out there as a head coach candidate. Uh, he's back as a DC. So they, they have an ego situation among coaches that they've worked through and worked out and the players bought into it. Hmm. So they, they got something brewing up there, but Best player available, uh, certainly, I, I think Detroit needs to do that. So you would not get caught up in the Malik Willis hype or any quarterback hype if you're Detroit at two. And let's let's keep building what we're building, whether that's edge rusher, whether that's offensive tackle, and kind of go with the guys that we have and plug and play some of those guys on either side of the line instead of going with the wide receiver, sexy, young, unproven quarterback potential type guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from Detroit, and they got multiple first-round picks, too, this receiver class, there's a number of players that can help and you out. And they did well in the draft with, with you know, did. Amon Brown. Getting, yep, getting, absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. Later-round picks. So you, they're, they're doing well, and they're acquiring talent. It's just, it is, is Jared Goff the guy here for long-term? Is Are they really already looking for that replacement? Is that the number one need to address the quarterback position? There are a lot of questions there. Uh, there there's several questions right there but the answer is not Malik Willis though uh, over Jared Goff who played in the Super Bowl I mean right not um, that long ago yeah, yeah. I, I, what are you doing there certainly if, if you're Detroit when you when you already are in in a competitive situation now can Goff improve his game yeah call him out keep yep. calling him out make him improve make him uh, be self-motivated that way uh, but no, I, I think from a complete roster standpoint, Detroit needs to focus on best player available. Yeah, I'm with you on Jared Goff too. I think he's serviceable enough to get through that. That's not really the position you need to address. Not with the second overall pick, mm -hmm. having multiple first round picks helps. I just wonder if they're locked into a player, multiple players, depending on what Jacksonville does at one, right. that's going to be interesting. If we're scratching our head over Detroit at two, the Texans at three. Okay. Now this gets really interesting. I have no idea after what just happened with Deshaun Watson. He gone. Davis Mills looks like he's going to be the quarterback there. We got a new head coach down there in H-Town as well. When you look at the prospects at three for the Texans, Mike GM Mike Pritchard, do you stay at three or are we trading out of the spot? Because we need a lot of help on this roster. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's just one of those teams and the reasons why you're selecting so high right there too. And okay, do you do that? Do you address it through offensive line or do you go best player available from an edge standpoint? Uh, the game is won and lost on the edges now. Uh, just think about the impact of like a Vaughn Miller uh, had oh, with man. the Rams, you know, or uh, you think about uh, the edges from a wide receiver standpoint. Uh, you think we just talked about Debo Samuel. I mean, the game is out there now. Uh, and, and certainly when you think about the trenches, uh, okay, I can compensate there with the zone blocking and all that if I, if I don't have elite linemen. Uh, but I can't compensate if I can't match up against an edge player. So I'm looking for, as a better, exactas that suggest or, or some good odds situation hopefully produces itself in which I can get one, two, and three all edge players. You know, it's, it's so funny to hear you say that because, like, you know, I'm, I'm old. I, the days of John Riggins, three yards in a cloud of dust, and that's the way we're going to move the football. Those days are dead. But if you draft one of these big offensive tackles, I wonder if that's the way you, you – know, like, what's what's old becomes new again mm -hmm. in the NFL. You made a great point of this. Like, everybody thinks some of this stuff is all – it's just all regurgitated. It's right. just – it changes. It evolves, if you will. But it's not new necessarily. It all is a derivative of something. And at some point, you got to run the football and be able to stop offenses, right? So do these tackles then, when you look at Aquanu from NC State, you look right. at Evan Neal, and I look at those guys and I go, but they feel like they're, they're kind of monsters, certainly Evan Neal, that I go, ma'am, I would salivate if I had the opportunity to put one of those big linemen in at number two or number three if I'm the Texans. Sure, uh, but you also look at the Texans roster. Okay, they got Larry Tunsil. Right there at left tackle. Got and one. Then, yeah, and then they got that first-rounder, Howard, from 19, 2019 draft, a first-rounder at right tackle. So maybe tackle isn't a position of need for them. Well, it, not with necessarily. With so many other needs. Or is it the best player available? Is like one of these tackles, Iquanu, 
uh, or even Neal, are they better than Tunsil and, and Howard? I mean, but Howard is a first-round draft choice that you just recently have, right. that you just recently drafted. Now, Tunsil is <laughs> the jury's out maybe right there, right? And so you could look at that situation for uh, the Texans. and Okay, plus 200 for Kwanu. Uh, I know a lot of former tackles that are in love, not love this guy. They're in love with the <laughs> and his ability, his nastiness too. So um, best player available. There could be an argument between the Kwanu um, and, and certainly Thibodeau because Thibodeau's got some questions about him out there right now. Again, we don't have to go that far back. You go back to say 2014, if you're a Cowboy fan like I am mm-hmm. and, and Jerry Jones reportedly wanted to take Johnny Manziel, <laughs> right? Right. And you know what they did? They said, no, 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 no. We're going to take Zach Martin out of Notre Dame. And that transfixed the offensive line for almost a decade. If you told me that Aquanu or Neal is one of those guys, somebody's got to be the smart guy in that war room and say, no, 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 might not be sexy, but we're going to be set now at this position for a decade? I mean, sometimes discretion is a better part of valor. But what's going to help you win faster? An edge player that can impact the game defensively or a tackle protecting... Davis Mills. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing at Davis Mills. Yes, you but, are. But when you, because <laughs> I am. But when you put it like that, right? Right. Like, what am I protecting? So, right. do I want somebody to get after those great quarterbacks I have in the AFC? Just look at the AFC West. Yeah. Right. That if, if Houston's going to be something someday, eventually they're going to be one of those good good quarterbacks in the AFC West to get there. It's an interesting point because again, you know, I I fall in love with the unsexy picks, with the lineman picks. And I go, well, that's, I need those cornerstone guys for mm-hmm. a decade. You know, even with Tyron Smith and with Zach Martin, they haven't won anything. With the, and this isn't a knock on Dak Prescott, but you got to have to have both. Right. If I'm protecting, what am I protecting? And right now the Texans, no disrespect Davis Mills, does not look like the type of guy that's going to be ultimately a difference maker and help the, the Texans win big. And that therein lies the rub. Yeah, yeah. that's the war room discussion right there, too. Absolutely fascinating. Love the conversations. When we come back, always have fascinating conversations with Lou Finicaro. He's going to join us after the break, talk all things UFC, and maybe see if we can pick his brand on some other things as well. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. draft next week in fabulous Las Vegas. It is fabulous, and it says so right there in the script. We've got a special draft preview show this Sunday, 6 p.m. Tim Murray, Sean King, going to break down all the first-round prospects and props. we got expert guests, including legendary broadcaster himself, Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick and his son. VEASAN's draft preview special is this Sunday, 6 p.m. exclusively on VEASAN. Do not forget to download our NFL betting guide featuring best bets, mock drafts, and everything you need to score big this draft season. Download it for just $10. Go to VEASAN.com slash draft draft for more information a man who is an expert on the draft and a former first round pick in it Mike Pritchard my co-host today always great to catch up with Pritch and Mike I always like to talk with Lou Finnecaro because you know whenever we talk UFC I can't wait to get him on any show that I might be on we've got another card coming up this weekend USC fight night should be a pretty good one Amanda Limos taking to take on Jessica Andrade in the battle of Brazil in the main event. But, Lou, we haven't seen you here since UFC 273. You and I have spoken, and I I do wonder how you made out last week, first and foremost. And it's kind of nice we had Bal Muhammad as a small dog cash that ticket in the main event. We've seen so many of these huge numbers in main events. Finally, it feels like this card, and certainly last week, we got fighters a little bit closer to the same skill set. Uh, well, that remains to be seen this week. Last week, it ended up being true, and, and actually, I'd have had a huge week, but I, I did have Luke, uh, and uh, I was I was uh, surprised at both performances, but I come away with res- mad respect to Muhammad. Uh, he overcame every challenge. I, I handicapped him as not quite the same class of fighter as Luke, and I was incorrect. You know, when you're in the business of dabbling in dogs, and, and <laughs> while I didn't take Muhammad, but while you take dogs, 
you miss some. And so part of uh, being a handicapper that sides with plus money dogs is that you're not going to hit 100% all the time. I just heard your dogs barking literally in the back. Right on cue. There they are, Lou. I have people. My my wife has people in the house. She's got architects and stuff running through. My dogs are going crazy. I'm so sorry. No, no apologies. It just felt like it was right, right. on cue. It was perfect timing as we talk about dogs. Let's talk about this dog in the main event here with Amanda Lemos here, 115 pounds against Jessica Andrade coming back down to this weight class here. Lemos uh, plus money plus a dollar fifty-five. You know, we do talk about it a lot, Lou, when you're cutting weight like Andrade to get back to 115, how does that affect your handicap? I'm going to have to wait and see. Andrade never had a problem making 115, and when she was at 115, uh, she was a champion there. Uh, I'm a little surprised she's moving back to 115 after the success she's found at 25. That said, when she ran into hurdles or challenges at 25, it was with big, strong, ferocious strikers that did not take well to Andrade trying to bully them, <laughs> namely uh, Shevchenko as well as uh, Wiley Zhang. And so when they bullied Andrade, Andrade curled up a little bit. Lemos is that kind of a fighter. She's long, lean, ferocious, bludgeoning kicks, mostly a striker, but has... Uh, ability on the ground. And so this should be a very interesting fight, but it, it really starts with how uh, Andrade looks on the scale. But if she looks good, I can't, you have to handicap Andrade as a favorite. And when I wrote this up for Point Spread Weekly, Monday uh, submitted Tuesday, Andrade was minus 170. Now she's closer to minus 190 or so. And I do believe that that line goes up to about 200 by the time the fight goes off. But I, I view Andrade as the legitimate favorite. She's the one that's been in five round fights before. She's the one that's gone the distance with a much higher caliber opponent. That said, Lemos has the style to really drive Andrade crazy. You know, Lou, and that's the uh, questions or a couple of questions I have for you as I'm trying to get more educated as a, a better uh, of MMA. Uh, for instance, getting information from the weigh-ins, uh, but yet you might miss out on those earlier odds opportunities. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, like advantages between a striker and a grappler. Uh, typically, where do you lean uh, with those situations, whether it's early odds opportunities or waiting for weigh-ins to see what these fighters look like, and also in addition to that, striker versus grappler advantages? Doggone it, Mike. Those are world-class questions right there. <laughs> and and you, I answer each one differently depending on the week. Uh, normally, just like NFL, let's say, that we're all familiar with, early in the week, you want to try and maybe take those favorites that you feel might rise in price, like Andrade. If you're a dog player like me, you tend to wait because, for instance, in a fight like Manuel Cop and Sue Mouyerge, uh, you have a fight that the the favorite's starting to go up and up and up. He started at 140. He's about 180, 85 now. And the other kid, if you like the dog and you're waiting, you're gaining value every day. So that kind of changes as well. As well, when we address striker, grappler, wrestler, Muay Thai, uh, boy, that's like cooking in a kitchen. Each different recipe brings a different flavor. And what I really try and do is based on past results and who each fighter has been in there with prior, project what will happen in a fight upcoming. Right, talking with Lou Fittichero again. Follow him on Twitter as I do at GamLou. Uh, let's talk about one of those workers. And we talk about a worker bee in the octagon. We're talking about Clay Guida. They call him the carpenter for a reason. Look, he might be old, Lou, but he still is out there in that energy level. It just feels like the cardio has never stopped. Claudia Puelas is a young fighter here going up against the veteran in Guida. Almost even money here right now, Puelas, at minus $1.15. How do you handicap this fight? Yeah, carefully. Uh, Puelas is the younger man, longer, taller, more ferocious. A Peruvian that wasn't getting much training in Peru when he went to Stanford, we saw his improvement uh, really uh, 
to take hold. And so with that in mind, he gets a stylistically perfect matchup, a little buzzsaw that's going to come right at him. Uh, will Puelas be able to maintain distance and keep Clay the Carpenter Guida off him? Guida's got all the experience, mm -hmm. been in there with world-class opponents. Going to be a fascinating fight that I haven't quite put my finger on uh, just yet. Do I want the young kid uh, with, with more flash and power, or do I want old steady Clay Guida being an old steady saddle of a horse myself, maybe I want to stay to the Guida side. I tell you, he's just not going to get outworked. It's really hard to outwork Clay Guida. I don't care how old he is. You know, they called her the future. I don't know if the future is still there for Macy Barber here, but now she's going to take on Montana De La Rosa. This is a very intriguing fight to me because Macy Barber's had some hiccups here, Lou. It feels like right now the way she's priced, she's expected to get this victory. You know how dangerous De La Rosa can be. What do you make of this, of this flyweight matchup? Yeah, interesting fight. Uh, Barber's 23, though, so I'm not going to be too hard on her. What she's going through is all going to be great for her as she matures, and she isn't mature yet. Uh, De La Rosa has some uh, length and reach advantages, but is a grappler, and so I don't know how that's going to come into it. I view Barber as the stronger girl. I view her as the meaner girl, and I view her as a legitimate favorite. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one there to see at 23 if she can really get to where she wants to go in this division because she is one of those uh, younger women that we go, yeah, she's got championship potential. I think a lot of people will get this card and they go, uh, Lando Veneta against uh, Charles Jordan could be sneaky fight of the night here. Uh, pretty evenly priced here, Lou. What do you make of it? And you think this might be the one uh, that you don't want to miss on the card here in a three-round potential ma matchup? Yeah, I've never been overly impressed with Venata outside of his flamboyant striking, and he's tough. Uh, I, I just don't know really what kind of caliber he is. I, I, I think Jordan's in a good spot here against a guy uh, in Venata that I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in myself. All right. Uh, very quickly, Lou, a couple things to get to. One, you've got the Bout Business Podcast. Tell the people what they get weekly when they listen in. Out Business Podcast is 16 minutes of final releases. It posts Friday afternoon of every UFC card. We track every release and monitor our return on investment and share that with our listeners. Uh, it's great information as always. And again, we got a couple more weeks to go before we get to UFC 274 out in your neck of the woods out there. Uh, any quick look aheads here? Because I just saw it plastered up as on my drive in here, and I saw Oliveira against Justin Gaethje, and I almost had to pull over because I got so excited, Lou. I mean, that fight, I know people are already, there's a big buzz about it. Gaethje's working with Usman up at Team Elevation. You know he's going to be ready, and he went to high school miles from where the fight's going to take place. It was originally scheduled for Oliveira's backyard in Brazil. Uh, Oliveira is now priced at 180, 185 as a favorite. Uh, he, re he was released on the Bout Business podcast minus 155. I do believe he's the fighter with more ways to win and the fighter that will win. Now he's got me excited yes, for that fight. Can't yeah. wait. Uh, Lou, always appreciate it, my friend. Can't wait to catch up with you on Friday for First Strike, as we do each and every week right here on Visa. Got to take one more short break. When we come back, talk a little bit more NFL draft. Come on back. It is the Lombardi Line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Now. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. 
Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. The king of sportsbooks unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back here alongside Mike Pritchard, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. NFL Draft is a week and a day away Mm -hmm. right here in Las Vegas. And we're talking a lot about first picks, quarterbacks, how many are going to get taken. It's an odd draft to me in that you look at it and go, what player or players would be drafted in the first round that could have an immediate impact to where it could affect a team total, right? That I look at a team and I go, man, that was a five-win team, and now with X player, they're a six-seven-win team potentially. Like I I remember the excitement not that long ago when the Cowboys selected CeeDee Lamb, Mm -hmm. and I felt like that's a difference maker. Right, like get him in the first round. It feels like that's that's a win. That's like an extra win potentially on a total. Jamar Chase. Jamar, excellent example. Right. right? Is there a guy in this year's draft that you look at in the first round and say because we just don't believe a quarterback's going to have that kind of impact, and that and that's normally naturally where we would go, right? Is there a player in this draft that you go that guy equates right now to a team total that I go yeah I might play that team based on that player going there. Sure. That's why the wide receiver position is so in vogue right now, because you can see that immediate impact. Again, going back to the edges element of the National Football League Mm -hmm. now, or the college concepts coming to the National Football League, in which you can see a Debo Samuel become the ultimate weapon, right? Uh, Tyreek Hill, a mid-round draft choice, becomes an elite player uh, because of just the dynamic of the National Football League now. It's no longer the eye formation, the cloud of dust, and right. all that stuff. It, it really is about perimeter players. And uh, so if you don't have the quarterback class to impact a football team, then what's your best option, your next best option? It's wide receiver. Uh, so, like, you look at Garrett Wilson, if he goes to Atlanta and pairs up with Kyle Pitts, that's going to be difficult to <laughs> deal with, right? And, and I'll go back to my own history and you know me, I'm, not, I'm a humble guy. Yeah, you are. I'm a humble guy. But I do have to highlight this because it happened. Um, when I was drafted, uh, we went 10-6 and six into uh, a wild card situation to the playoffs. Atlanta Falcons has not been in the playoffs prior to that since 1982. Wow. 
but it was a combination of me, Michael Haynes, and Andre Risen. Pretty good group. That helped out Chris Miller, who was a Pro Bowl quarterback, but yet, you know, he wasn't Russell Wilson or no. something like that. But uh, a, a really good quarterback, but he was injured too. So we had a combination of quarterbacks that year. We had Billy Joe Tolliver. Uh, we had other quarterbacks that had to step in because of injuries, but yet we still went 10 and 6 because our offense was so prolific. Yeah. Whether it was the fact that we had three receivers out there on the field like that, and we could adjust with Andre Risen and put him out wide and create one-on-one -on -one situations like that. And so I think multiple wide receivers sets what we're seeing and a creativity that comes off of that is allowing teams to skew their win totals. So prior to that season, uh, we were 5-11, and 11, well, the Falcons were. When I got there, uh, we were 10-6. and six. So you wow. can see the impact uh, from a win total standpoint just by impact players. You guys were like ahead of the curve. I mean, seriously, I mean, when you look at it, the way your team and your offense ran that rookie season to mm -hmm. get into the postseason, that's what you're going to see a lot of. We mentioned Brian Dable and Steve Mackinan in the first hour. Great numbers on Dable, and maybe that's a team, when you look at the futures market here and you see seven wins for the Giants, it kind of feels sexy. you got to think with two first-round picks, high first-round picks, right. he looks at this board of receivers, and we put you the, 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 the top five on the board. We're expecting six, seven to go in the first round. He's got to be salivating. Maybe Debo Samuel comes into play here. Out of this bunch, which one, Pritch, to you, has the best immediate impact? Because I know Jameson Williams might have been the guy, oh, but man. he is coming off an ACL. Yeah, he's going to be I'm, – I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to get over my skis. But if Jameson Williams is healthy, like a Joey Galloway who injured his ACL and then all of a sudden, okay, he's running a 4-2. If Williams is healthy, he's, he's the biggest upside on the board for wow. any team out there. Garrett Wilson, though, is immediate. I think he's an immediate playmaker – uh, Alave, maybe a little bit more time. Dotson's not on the board. Uh, and then uh, Watson, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Big, big kid. Yeah, I, I, I think his upside is tremendous too. Now, he's not on our board here, but, um, you know, Williams, uh, I, I think any team that's uh, looking at wide receiver is salivating, in fact, and, and hoping. And he's ahead of schedule from all reports uh, of his rehab that he's completely healthy because he is not only a lid lifter, uh, this guy is a game breaker, man, and, and he's got the speed uh, and certainly the ability to uh, impact the game that way. For those maybe just tuning in for the first time today, the, the big news of the day is that Debo Samuel has, in fact, requested a formal trade by the San Francisco 49ers. Doesn't mean that he's going to get his wishes, but it did happen for Tyreek Hill that way, mm -hmm. and that he was gone same day. I mean, it did not take long to move him. And the reason why I bring that up, Mike, is because when you go back not that far in the, the recent history, let's go to Minnesota. When Stephon Diggs said he wanted out, they moved him to Buffalo. Right. They used that first-round pick to take Justin Jefferson. So while everybody said, what are you doing? You give up on Steph Diggs. And clearly it's worked out for Buffalo too. But that also worked out for Minnesota in what they were trying to do financially. Is that the similar situation you might see for San Francisco? That people are going to go, you're going to trade Debo Samuel? Well, if they don't miss on the pick like the Vikings didn't miss – then you can see a rhyme to the reason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you have salary cap and you have percentages of salary cap. And, uh, for instance, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers with the new deal, you couldn't sign Devontae Adams because from a percentage of salary cap, that's about 30% of the salary cap for two guys. And so it, it just doesn't make sense to do that. You have to let go of one of them. Uh, and Devontae Adams uh, was traded. But, uh, you know, you have established veterans that way. And, and Debo Samuel... Uh, savvy right now, A.J. Brown savvy right now in terms of the wide receiver market, Cooper Cup too, and uh, they're, they're striking right now because that market is so... Wow. Uh, there, there's money in this market now, this pool for wide receivers, as they also know teams are going to do exactly what Minnesota did. Okay, yeah, we'll trade Stephon Diggs because we're probably not going to sign him, and then we'll draft Justin Jefferson and lower that number and still have a great player on our on our roster. Uh, most boards out here, when you, when you go and shop around town, you're going to see the number of receivers selected in the first round at six. It's elevated. Yeah, yeah it was right. five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah. And that number, I don't think you're going to find that yeah. anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So now you're going to get to seven if you want to take that over. But I do feel like when you just look at the teams and, and the picks that they actually have, mm -hmm. I think you can book six teams for wide receivers, right? I think you can look – say New Orleans, Philadelphia, the Giants, the Chiefs. We'll figure out now if the Niners could be in this kind of trade and then go get a, another replacement guy. It just feels like they're going to take receivers in this first round, maybe even the commanders at 11. 
Terry McLaurin now wants a new deal. We don't know what's going to happen there. It just feels like because of what you said and the way the market after what Christian Kirk <laughs> really did to this market, that teams are going to go, we're going to go cheap now, baby. And, and cheap and skilled, right? Oh, right. We're going right. to go first-round talent, but we don't want to be on the hook for these four fifth-year deals and all of a sudden have to pay this premium that now that the, the market's been raised because right. of the Christian Kirk salary. For instance, like how many Devontae Adams are out there? How many De Debo Samuels are established in the league? Just two, those type of players. But <laughs> but if you think about receivers skill set-wise, how many of those guys are coming into the league and can suit up on Sunday right now? That's plentiful. There's a lot of those type of players coming into the league and will continue to come into the league just from the youth camp standpoint. Uh, the players, they're watching all these great players on TV. That's what they want to be now. They want to be wide receivers. And, oh, by the way, you can make $30 million a year. Not a bad uh, gig so right now to you're play wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I think the NFL is in a good spot from that standpoint. And, and teams economically are in a good spot from that standpoint if they recognize the amount of talent that's going to be entering the National Football League through the draft. If that number, which I believe will go up before next week's draft, probably six and a half, okay. that's going to be the demarcation line for me. Mm. I think six – like I look at it and go, well, I feel like the worst is going to be a push if I don't get to seven. Could any of this Debo news affect that market to the point where, man, six and a half, I could be on the wrong side of things if this number goes up. There's so many teams with multiple first round picks, though. I, I, I don't know if it impacts it that way. I guess it would take the, the specific team to impact it that way. I, I think there's so many teams out there that want impact players uh, they want the Cooper Cups. They, they want these guys that nobody's really talking about or or certainly the opportunity to line up three wide receivers, multiple wide receivers on the field and help out the quarterback too. So, uh, yeah, I think receivers, is, they're so highly sought after right now. Uh, the game suggests that you have these type of players, and I think teams are going to line up for that. I can tell you this. In the last two hours, you and Steve Mackinnon had me nervous of the New York Giants <laughs> and what Brian Dable might do in his rookie year there. Uh, and check it out again. Points Break Weekly. Great information as always. Pritch, really enjoy the shows as always with you, sir. I want to thank Steve Mackinnon for joining us and Lou Finnecaro as always. Got you covered all afternoon and evening on right here in VC. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 